0: This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal his Church with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie. Today's message is, The King is Dead. We'll start off with the praise team with, I call him my everything.
1: Pharisees called him a devil, cause he brushed their doctrines aside. Soldiers called him the king of the Jews, and mocked him as he hung and died. Highland called him an innocent man, trying to wash blood off his hands but the crowd called aloud that day said crucify that man i call him father
2: friend the beginning and the end i call him a constant companion he's there through the thick and thin i call him when there ain't nobody when it's just me and him i call him
1: folks round about the feeling, caught him a carpenter's son, but Mary caught him her baby boy every evening when the day was done. The blind man called him son of David, please have mercy on me. He made the lame to walk and the dumb to talk and he made that blind man see. I call him father, friend, the beginning of the
2: He's there to the thick and clean. I call him win.
1: And I called him to ease my mind. And I called him in that midnight hour and he showed up right on top. I call him father, friend, the beginning and the end. I call
2: him a constant companion. He's there through the thick and thin. I call him when there ain't nobody, when it's just me and him. I call him I call him father, friend, the beginning and the end. I call him a constant companion. He's there through the thick and thin. I call him when there ain't nobody, when it's just me and him. I call
1: him my
2: everything.
1: Well, folks round about the village, call him a carpenter's son. But Mary called him her baby boy Every evening when the day was done The blind man called him Son of David Please have mercy on me He made the lame to walk And the dumb to talk And he made that blind man sit I call him father Friend The
2: beginning and the end I call him a
1: constant
2: companion He's there through the thick and thin I call him
1: an old time altar when I fell down on my knees and I call him in the good times and the bad times in between. I called him to heal my body and I called him to ease my mind and I called him in that midnight hour and he showed up right on time. I call him father, friend, the beginning and the end. I call him a constant
2: He's there through the thick and thin I call him when there ain't nobody When it's just me and him I call him my M.
3: Cause I'll fly away. How many is gonna fly away with me? There once was a time when in my heart I was condemned to die. I was walking in my sinful, sinful way. Jesus paid the ransom for my soul. I bade this world goodbye. When he calls me, I'll fly, fly away. Well, when he calls, when
2: he calls me, I will
3: to this world of sin I'm rejoicing in this good old gospel way and I'm longing for the time when heaven I shall enter in I am ready should he call call today well
2: some Bye.
4: Praise the Lord in the house. I mean, it's ready. If he calls, here am I. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. You might be seated if it's old as I. God is so good to us today, amen. How I many love to come to church? I mean, I just, you know, church is just part of my DNA. I just uh, thank the Lord we have a church we can come to. Amen. I believe children of church is going to the back, but I just thank God. I believe when you come to church, you ought to be able to have a little bit of fun, don't you? I mean, I don't believe we need to be all stiff and all this kind of stuff all the time. We need to relax, take it easy, fellowship with one another, and just have a good time in the Lord's. Amen. This morning, Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 13, the king is dead. The king is dead. Isaiah chapter six, verse one through 13. In the year that King Uzziah Uzziah, Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Now hold on to that right there. His train filled. Feel the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth, somebody say the whole earth. The whole earth is full of, of the glory of his glory aren't you glad got the glory of god's in this house right now and the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke then said i woe is me for i am undone because i am a man of unclean lips and i dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the lord of hosts then flew one of the seraphims unto him having a live coal in his hand which he had taken from the throng, taken with the thongs from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this have touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. Verse eight says, also I heard, listen, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, somebody say I. I. Then said I, here am I, send me. And he said, go, everybody say go and tell this people hear ye indeed but understand not and see ye indeed but perceive not make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears uh, and understand with their heart and convert uh, and be healed then said i lord how long and he answered until the cities be wasted without inhabitant and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate and the Lord have removed men far away and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land but yet in it shall be a tenth somebody said tenth but yet in it shall be a tenth and it shall return and shall be eaten as a trill tree and as an oak whose substance is in them, when they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Somebody say God bless the reading of his word. The king is dead. That's what it says in Isaiah. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. The king is dead. Mm. In nineteen fifty-two, some of you folks may remember this, it was a couple years before my time. <clears throat> I wasn't born in fifty-two, but I had a sister that was born in fifty-two. But in nineteen fifty-two, a sad word went from went forth from London. The king is dead. King George the Sixth had died in his sleep at the age of fifty-six years old. He was somewhat of a private man in comparison with others who held the throne, but he was greatly respected and admired. His reign had carried him through the pains of World War II, the election of a socialist government, and the uh, uh, dissolution of much of the, the British Empire. His tired heart gave way. All across Britain, people flocked to churches, to worship, to pray, and to seek comfort and hope. Notice what it says. All across Britain, people flocked to churches to worship, to pray, and to seek comfort and help. In 1963, another shocking word was sent out across the world. The president is dead. I remember this one. It was unbelievable. John F. Kennedy, young, vibrant, and dynamic was cut down by an assassin's bullet. A nation was plunged into grief. People flocked into churches in the greatest number since the announcement of the end of World War II. World War II, yeah. People flocked into the churches. Let me tell you something this morning. Go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and give, give you a word of, a word of, of prophecy this morning. Everybody right now is laying, laying slack, they're nonchalant about churches. Thank God for people that attend church. You, you'll never know how much in my heart and my wife's heart, how much we appreciate you coming and attending church. You could be in other places anywhere in the world. You could be doing other things right now, but you, you chose to come to church, huh? and that's a great blessing not only to you, but to us and also to God. But I want to let you know something. People laying, laying slack about churches, nonchalant, don't really care about it. There's gonna come a day, there's gonna come another day and it ain't gonna be long for now that people are gonna flock into the churches in the greatest numbers that you can imagine. I remember when, when when the towers came down in New York in 9 and uh, uh, I remember what that happened. What happened after that? Churches were filled uh, with people. People were coming to churches. Why? Because there they they, they was were something different going on. That day changed uh, everybody's life in the United States of America. That day changed everything about America. There's nothing the same uh, about America right now. Can I tell you something? There's some things going on in America right now that if the church don't stand up and get behind what's going on and start speaking her voice uh, is going to change America like she's never been changed before we have never seen nothing to what's about to take place uh, in our country today because our country there are people trying their best to turn our country upside down they're trying their best uh, to get socialism in here they're trying their best uh, to get communism in here Uh, and if we the church don't stand up uh, and start speaking out uh, and start proclaiming what thus said the word of God uh, and not be afraid of the enemy this morning not be afraid of the devil today uh, you see we got to be willing to stand up and come against Satan himself because if we don't he's going to come against us whether we we want it to or not he's going to be there so if we don't show up when he shows up America's in trouble today can I get an amen amen So we need to get ready for what's about to take place. Uh, Your government's trying its best to change America, and if something don't happen quickly, America's going to be changed like she's never been changed before. I believe honestly that what's about to take place is coming Friday. People from all across the nation come together to pray. I don't think that's by accident. I think it's ordained by God at the right time when it's supposed to take place, uh, that people's eyes are going to be opened. that people's hearts are going to be changed, uh, that church is going to begin to realize uh, that how much that uh, that America needs revival. but before America gets revival in her, the church is gonna have to get revival in her and if the church don't get revival, there ain't gonna be no revival. Can I get an amen? So I'm telling us now, we can lay back slack if we want to but I'm not planning on doing that. I'm gonna let my voice be heard all over the world if I can. Because I know Jesus Christ gave his life. I know this country was built on the principles of the word of God. I know all that took place. I know what the men and women did back in the day when they put all this together. It was done by the oracles of God and the principles of God and the way God wanted it to be. So church, we need to make a stand and let the devil know you will not stop the church from doing what God himself has ordained the church to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Ministers changed their sermon when, when President Kennedy died. Ministers changed their sermon text uh, and preached messages of healing uh, and hope uh, to the people of America. When, the, when 9 when 9-11 happened, uh, what well, happened? The church come together. It was so, America was patriotic uh, all over everywhere. There were United States flags uh, all over everywhere. People were coming together as a country, united together as we were supposed to do. Today we're divided in many different ways uh, that we can't even mentioned uh, how many ways we're divided. Uh, Do you know tonight or today uh, that the NFL, I understand, uh, is now going to play two national anthems uh, at the the football games, if I said it, whatever they are. I don't know what it is, the NFL, what it is, uh, but they're going to start playing two national anthems. Let me tell you something. You know what the Word of God says? Uh, A house divided among itself uh, will not stand. Folks, uh, America's going the way she's going. Uh, She will not stand. Uh, She's going under. But when we get a hold of Jesus Christ, uh, like we did Nine one one, like we did, if we were patriotic for the country, we need to be patriotic for Jesus huh, and let Him take over and do what He needs to do for the glory of God. But if we're not willing to stand up and get it done, it ain't gonna get done. So let's prepare ourselves. About seven hundred years before Christ was born in Bethlehem. The sad announcement was made. The king is dead. King Uzziah, the 11th king of Judah, had died. Crowned at the age of 16. Can you imagine having a president of the United States at 16 years old? How many 16-year-olds in the house? Raise your hand. Any Ain't got no 16-year-olds? Huh? Oh, I see way back down in the back. Sister Sarah? You could be king of Judah, 16 years old. Wouldn't that be something? Can you imagine going to Gamal's house? I'm the king. Queen, whatever. She's looking the king. And if she don't get the right king, not only is she going to be messed up, her house is going to be messed up. Her country is going to be messed up. But at 16 years old, King Uzziah was put in position. <laughs> it must have been different than the teenagers nowadays. How <laughs> I many know God knows what to do? At 16, he had reigned 52 years. Despite his failings, he was the greatest king since David. The heart of Isaiah, the heart of Isaiah, the prophet, was broken. Uzziah was not only his king, he was also his friend. In his heartbreak, Isaiah made his way to the temple to worship and to seek comfort and renewed faith. Friends, when, when, when sorrow comes, when life presses you in, the best place to be found is in the house of the Lord. But a lot of folks, when, when life gets down and, and the pressure's getting on, they don't only turn from church, they literally turn from God. The most precious place you could ever go is turn to God even further into the house of God. We ought to always be found in the house of the Lord. Always. Somebody say always. But especially when we're facing the difficult seasons of life. There is an answer in God. There is hope in him if we will quickly turn to him. Amen? When Isaiah went up to the house of the Lord, he learned that the king was dead, but that that God was not dead. That's what he learned. He learned the king was dead but at the same time he learned that God wasn't dead. He was still upon his throne. Isaiah had lost his earthly king whom he loved but he caught a fresh glimpse of the king of kings. He met with God in an encounter that completely changed his life. I don't know about you but I'm looking for that encounter of God that changed my life years ago but I'm looking more at that today because I want my life changed again that I can even do more for the glory of God than I've done in the last 43 years. Can I get an amen? Some people settle down. Some people, it's just, it's okay. I've been doing this for 47 years and everything's fine. Everything's good. I don't have to worry about nothing. Everything's great. No, I got news for you. Mm -mm, It's not great and it's not good. Every day is a new day in the Lord. Amen? Would you note with me this morning that Isaiah saw four things that I want to draw your attention to. Number one, Isaiah saw the Lord. Here is the greatest vision that anyone could ever have, to see the Lord. Now let's read about it again in in verses one through four. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the, the, the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face. With twain he covered, with twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Can somebody just say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Can somebody just say that right quick? Okay, that was good. But, listen. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. One more time. I want you to move the doorpost when you say it this time, amen? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of our hosts. Everybody at one time, amen? holy. Amen. They started to shake. We had to quit. I understand that. Isaiah saw something of God's nature and character. He caught a glimpse through this curtain he, as, as it were. He saw something of the Lord as Moses described in him in Exodus chapter 15 verse 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? The vision was of God high and lifted up upon his throne. He saw God as the central object of of all praise uh, surrounded by angelic beings uh, and seraphims. Uh, oh man, what a vision. Can you imagine that? Uh, as Isaiah saw God uh, high and lifted up, uh, sitting on the throne uh, with the angelic beings all around uh, and the seraphims there. Uh, oh, that we would all have such times and uh, encounters of God uh, with God. Uh, but would you know with me, it, it seems that it was only Isaiah uh, who saw the glorious vision. Uh, if others were seated around him, uh, they're there in a temple, they had no such revelation uh, he doesn't write we saw the lord uh, he says i saw the lord amen uh, it's possible somebody sitting beside you uh, to be getting something from god uh, and you're not getting a cotton picking thing ah, there's a sense I, I wonder ahead of myself there's a sense in which our corporate worship is still very made up uh, of individuals who are worshiping Hopefully, we are not personal in our worship in the sense that we ignore or disregard others around us. We must be mindful of one another and offer him corporate adoration. But we are still individuals as we do so. You and I should not allow nobody or nothing to hinder us from worshiping and praising and glorifying our God this morning but it's amazing how many people do. It is possible for one person to be moved to tears even as the person beside them on the same row of chairs or the same pew is unmoved. One repents while another trusts in his own self-righteousness. One responds willingly with a soft heart to to the claims of Christ while another is desperately resisting the persuasion of the Holy Spirit. It can move in different directions. I don't care how you move. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're resisting whatever you're doing. It should not hinder me from going on and and doing what the Holy Ghost wants me to do. Is that all right? All right. If I have to walk over somebody, I'm gonna say, will you please move? I gotta get out, I gotta go. Where are you going? I have to go to the altar, I need to seek the Lord. Can you please give me room to get out? Amen. Hallelujah. Which one of you, which one are you today? Are you sitting here going through the motions of a cold formal religion, satisfying your conscience that you've come? Or are you meeting with God right here, right now, this very second? Hallelujah. Are you open up to the Lord as he knocks at the door of your heart. Isaiah met with God. When you come to the house of God, we need to come to meet with him. We need to come to fellowship one with another. We need to come to love one another. We need to come encourage one another. But on top of all that, we need to come just to meet with God himself in the house of God. But there's so many things floating around, hindering. But I'm going to tell you something. And I'm praying hard. Somebody said, be careful. I'm praying hard that everything that's floating around in the house of God, that ain't supposed to be here. The devil's going to stick his tail between his legs and he's going to fly. He's got to go. In Jesus' name. And I told you last week, and I'm getting ready for it, God's going to begin to reveal where the devil's at, and who is allowing him to use them? And we're going to be able to look at him face to face and say, "In Jesus' name, I rebuke anything." Uh huh. Yeah. That's what's about to take place in your church? Well, we might better get rid of that boy. He's going crazy. Let me tell you something. You can get anybody you want to come in here. You can get anybody that can preach better than I can. That's a known fact. They can preach a whole lot better than I can. That don't bother me. But I'll tell you this, you won't find nobody out there nowhere is gonna love you as much as me and my wife loves you. That's an absolute fact. I'm not just saying that. Huh? You're looking at a preacher who won't throw you under the bus. But I found out around here people don't mind throwing one another under the bus. I'm still under the bus. Trying to cram, cramp, cramp, my way out. I'll get out one day. And when I do, it's gonna be a good time in the Lord. Somebody shall praise the Lord. That's the kind of junk I'm talking about that God's gonna get out of the house. Everybody's gonna come under the unity of the spirit of Christ. He said, put off your mind, put on the mind of Christ. When we put on the mind of Christ, we're doing nothing but doing what God wants us to do. Can you give an amen? It ain't about me, no way. God knows I done surrendered my all to him he knows I'm in his hands he knows it's not my call it's his call he knows it's not my ministry his ministry it's not what I want to do but it's what he wants to do all the way that's why I'm crazy enough some people say you mean to tell me you're going to Lebanon Kansas this week if the good Lord will help these teeth that they're going to pull out of my mouth I'm getting in my car my wife said do you think the car will make it I said well I drive it everywhere else I ain't scared to take over and go cross country with it amen you see the devil wants to put things in the way to hinder you from doing it and they push, come to shove, I go rent a car, something happens that, they just bring me a no and I can continue on. It don't matter to me. When God says go, Jerry goes. Can I get an amen? Oh, somebody help me out. Isaiah met with God. He had a revelation of the greatness of the Lord and it changed his life forever. The same living Lord is here today to meet with whoever. Whosoever the Holy Ghost of God that God is here today to meet with whosoever will call upon his name. Earthly kings may come and go, but the King of Kings is alive forevermore, and just as powerful as he has ever been, and just as willing to reveal himself to men. How many is we're ready and willing for God to reveal himself to you? And listen, Isaiah didn't get this revelation just because he was a prophet. He saw God because he had a soft, pliable heart and a listening ear. Listen to me careful right here. Titles. Everybody say titles. Titles and offices. Everybody say offices. Titles and offices don't cut any ice at all with God. It don't matter, amen? Just because you have a title, just because you hold a position, just because you have been serving the Lord for this 50, 60, 70 years, and Sister Sue Doe just got saved yesterday, God loves Sister Doe as much as he loves anyone with a title or a position. You see, God looks upon the heart of man or woman not on their position or their title. God is God of no respect of a person, and God's gonna bless whoever desires to be blessed. Today, people think because I got a position, I am somebody. No, you ain't. I've been pastor for forty some years. I ain't nobody yet. The only time I'll tell you this, the only time that I'll ever claim myself to be anybody, is when the Lord allows me to walk through the pearly gate, and I look back and I see the pearly gate behind me. I say, now I got it made. Now I've got what I need. Now I've received everything, every, every, every trial I went through, every heartache I went through, every every everything I went through was worth it all because I'm standing where God wanted me to stand from the very way and, and the very time. And what I want to hear when all is said and done, all I want to hear say is, well done, everything's okay. Can I get an amen? Back of Koranis chapter 16 and 9. I <coughs> you know, went to pray for my voice. They said my stomach was highly inflamed. My, my, my esophagus was a little inflamed. They took three biopsies. They sent them off. He said they didn't seem to look like as any serious stuff, but just sent them off just to check and see. But, but it's causing hoarseness and it's getting worse and worse and worse. But he told me, so said, we can get it better. I said, what we got to do? And he broke my heart. He said, no more fried, fatted foods, greasy. I said, man, there goes Parkinson, there goes my weenies. He said, well, we can do it. You drop some weight, get your stuff together, get this reflux in control. He said, your reflux is way, way out of control. So that's what's going on. He said, that's what's causing his horses. But notice here what 2 Chronicles says. Chapter 9, I mean, chapter 16, verse 9, the first part. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro, throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of, of them whose heart is perfect toward him. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God's running to and fro all the time. You know what he's doing? He's looking for people. He's looking for folk. Well, he don't have to run. He already I know he already knows, but he won't look. look. He's doing it to show himself strong, in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Somebody say perfect. The word loyal, loyal or perfect is the Hebrew word for shalim. S-H-A-L-E-M from it right. Which means completely devoted. I mean it's completely devoted to the Lord today. And it's related to the word shalom. When we was over in Israel, you'd hear that quite a bit. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, which means peace or stillness. So the verse says that God's eyes roam the whole earth looking for a heart that is inclined toward him, devoted to him, and still before him. God looks for people to reveal himself to who are listening and who are available for him to just reveal himself to. Him is available for God to reveal himself to you today. Isaiah was listening and Isaiah saw the Lord. The second thing that Isaiah saw this day in the temple was Isaiah saw himself. Verse five of chapter six of Isaiah, man, my voice is getting, then said I, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah saw himself, as he had never quite seen himself before. And I'm praying that the church of Jesus Christ around this world is gonna begin to see themselves like they've never seen themselves before. Cause God's church is about getting ready to come together. All the denominational walls walls of denominationalism coming down. God's people gonna come together, see the same thing, believe the same thing, preach the same thing, teach the same thing, amen. Isaiah saw himself, he never quite seen himself before. He did not see himself in the way that one sees himself as they admire their own image in a mirror. Nope, that's only it. He did not see himself as a good person, worthy of God's commendation and the praises of people. He didn't think to himself, wow, I must be the best person here because God has honored only me with a vision of himself. That was not his attitude at all. Instead, he cried out, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And this is, is always true. The closer we get to God, the more clearly we see our sins. The closer you get to God, more clearly you see your sins. The contrast between his holiness and our ungodliness gives us a vivid awareness of just how very far short of God's glory we truly fall. The times when we do feel we have made it, we've arrived, we're knocking on the door of perfection, They're the times that we've been neglecting to pray, worship, and feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. When Peter was closest to Jesus, he said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. That's what Jesus told, or what Peter told Jesus. He realized how close he was to it, He realized, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. when the closer you get to God, the clearer you'll be able to see the sin in your life. Can I get an Amen. When John received the revelation of Christ on the Isle of Patmos, he wrote, I fell at his feet as though dead. A lost sense of God brings a lost sense of sin, but a renewed sense of God brings a renewed awareness of our own sinfulness. Isaiah saw himself in a whole new light. The third thing that Isaiah saw was, Isaiah saw God's cleansing power. Amen? Thank you, my friend. He saw God's cleansing power. As I praise God for this, or not, I praise God for this. For for if we, if all we ever was to see is the weakness of our sin, the corruption of our hearts, without discovering the cleansing power of God, what a miserable people we would be today. But. Be, but he does have power to cleanse, Amen. When Isaiah confessed his sin, God was faithful and just to forgive his sin and cleanse him from all unrighteousness. Let's read it again, verse seven, six and seven. Then flew one of the cher- uh, seraphims upon unto him, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with with, with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon his mouth hot coal, I ain't talking about something warm, I'm talking about something hot. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, lo, this has touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged. A live coal. How many know live coal is hot? A live coal, a burning coal. A coal that speaks of of purification and cleansing was brought by that seraphim from off the altar of sacrifice and touched his lips. That altar that the live coal was taken from was the altar of burnt offerings. It was the altar where the blood was shed. It was the place where the priest would kill those animals to pay for the sins of the people because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no cleansing from sin this morning without the shedding of blood. There's always been bloodshed to take care of sin. According to Hebrews chapter nine, verse 22, God has declared it. So you have a coal that has been touched by two things. It's been touched by blood and it's been touched by fire. The blood speaks of cleansing from sin only blood can wash away our sin and the fire speaks of refining, refining purifying power the blood washes away sin the fire brings a refining of positive holiness when God saves you what does he do he applies to your life the cleansing power of the eternal blood of his son Jesus Christ that washes away the sin of your own life and then he sets you in a way of a whole, whole new life with which is being refined by the the workings of the spirit of holiness. Can I get it an amen? amen. We, we begin to live life of, of positive righteousness. We begin to live a life of positive righteousness. He calls us righteous because the blood of his son and then he makes us righteous through the working of the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Ghost. This is the power that only God has in a life, only God. Somebody's the only God. Government agencies, social workers, psychiatrists, modern education, the modern education that our children's getting today, they're gonna turn them against you and I. They're gonna turn them against one another because what's taking place in America today, what's taking place in the world today is because of us white folk. That's what they're being taught. I got no problem being white. I got no problem with the black man or the black woman. We're all children of God in the eyes of God, amen? So that's the way it is. But they want to change, they want to change, they want to change our flag now at the Olympics. I'm telling you folks, America's going down if the church don't stand up and pray and get to, get to seek the face of God and that's gotta do what needs to be done. Someone shall praise the Lord right there, you need to. Amen. All these things are good. Sometimes they may help somebody But I'm going to tell you this. The psychiatrists, the social workers, the modern education, all these things that's going on, the government agencies, they cannot they cannot change the heart of man with all their programs of reform. they may, It may help a little bit. They're powerless, but God can come in a, in a moment of time and revolutionize a person and make them a new creation in just a matter of a second. If people can realize it's not the programs, it's God Almighty. He's the only one that can do what needs to be done. Glory to God. They're powerless. But God. Somebody say, But God. Isaiah saw God's cleansing power. The seraphim applied the blood soaked fire purifying coal from off the altar. And Isaiah experienced a sweet, clean feeling of forgiveness and peace. Somebody needs yeah, it. How many remember when the Lord saved you? You just felt that, you just experienced that sweet, clean feeling of forgiveness and peace. Just like the bird was just lifted away because he took it from himself and took it upon him. Ah, somebody shout, praise the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Number four, Isaiah saw the world. Church, we better get our eyes off pine level. We might better see the world. Just one letter this week from a girl in Arkansas that's standing behind bars that knows she's done wrong. A man got a letter expressing her feelings of gratitude because this church is going forth and proclaiming what the word of God says. And it blesses her abundantly. And when I say praise the Lord to you folks, you might not say nothing, but what I understand from her, she's shouting louder than anybody in the jail. Well, she's in jail. What can she do? Let me tell you something. If you go back and study some of your ministers that have been great ministers throughout time, you might find out that they come out of jail. God can do anything he wants to with anybody he wants to. Isaiah saw the world. Verses eight and nine. And I also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who who will go for us? Now notice what God said. Isaiah said, I heard the voice of the Lord. And this is what he was saying. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? I wonder why God didn't say, well, who will go for me? But he said, who will go for us? But I like the answer. Then said I, here am I, send me. Isaiah said, the Lord said, who's gonna go for us? Isaiah said, here am I. Here I am, Lord. He said, send me. And you know what the Lord said after that? Four words. You know what he said? And he said what? He said what? One more time. So was he telling Isaiah? Here am I, send me. He said unto him, Go! Find love, you know what God's saying to you and I? Go! I need somebody to go and put out! The word of God and get the harvesters out there ready. That's what he said. Knowledge of God will make us good in all our relationships. Isaiah got in, got, got in with God and he heard God's heartbeat for a lost and dying people. He heard God's summons for a messenger to reach out to them. God said, who shall I send? Who will go for us? And immediately Isaiah says, hear my Lord send me. Would God call a sinful man to preach his message? Would God call a sinful man to preach his message? A man of unclean lips. Would he call such a man? Friends, there are no other kind of people available to God. Yes, God calls sinners to go for him. Let me finish now. I feel a little tugged there. He has not committed his glorious gospel to sinless angels, but to fallen men. Listen to me right here, if you will. But God says only, listen, God sends them only after, somebody say after, after they've been cleansed of their sins by his grace, the message of God must be spoken through, perished, clean, stripped lips. If we're gonna spread the gospel, we gotta be cleansed in the sight of almighty God. God calls sinners to spread the word. Believe it or not, I was a sinner at one time. I was. ain't perfect yet. But I'm striving to get there. If I try to live up to man's expectations, I won't even never make it to heaven. But if I live up to his expectations, everything's gonna be all right. Gravity's gonna give way one of these days and I'm going away from here to be with him in the portals of glory. But in the eyes of man, I'll never make it. Because oh, there's, some, there's some folk out there it's just absolutely, totally against you, believe it or not. They don't want you to make it. They don't want you to fall. They want you to fail. They're looking for you to fall. They'll, they'll make statements. they say, I, I, I hope it doesn't work. I hope it, I hope it falls. I hope it does I hope it does that. Amen. I hope his ministry just crumbles to the bottom. There are people out there, that have, they've, they have put that on me and my wife. They have literally just put that curse on us. I hope you crumble to the bottom. The work of God must be poured from clean vessels. Listen to me careful. Your past will not exclude you from being used by God. Let me say that one more time. Your past will not exclude you from being used by God. Let me finish this. But how you're living today might. What you've done in your past won't exclude God from using you, but what you're doing today, it might exclude you from God using you today. You see, God can take you and use you for his glory if only you'll live for him a cleansed, purified life. Look, Isaiah did not say, where do you want me to go? He didn't say, what's it for me, Lord? He didn't say, what's the salary gonna be? He said, what are the retirement benefits? I can tell him now what the retirement benefits are. Been told many times. Your retirement is out of this world. Amen. Isaiah signed a blank check on his whole life. Listen. Isaiah signed a blank check on his whole life. He didn't try to strike a bargain with God. He didn't attempt to negotiate or compromise. God called Isaiah, God called, Isaiah answered, God commanded, commanded, Isaiah obeyed. Such an unconditional response comes from only the heart of one who has seen the vision and one who's met with God. Can I get an amen? That's what God's looking for out of every individual that breathes breath this morning. Everybody that says, I am a child of God, that's what God's looking for. God's looking for you to surrender yourself unconditional. He's looking for you to have an unconditional response. He's looking for you to to come to him and just say, Lord, here am I. Use me wherever, whatever, whenever, and do whatever you want me to do. That's what I'm willing to do. That's what God's looking for. How many will be willing to do that? See if your hands... Anybody? Mm-hmm. Then get ready. Preach your mind hard as well, not. I'm just telling us the fact: it's going to be God of everything, or it's going to be God of nothing. The same thing can happen to you here today, right now. Judy, come on. Oh, David, y'all sing as well. Y'all sing as well? Yeah, come on. The same thing can happen to you here today, right now. The same thing. The king is alive. Look at your neighbor and say, He's alive. He was dead. He died for our sins on the cross. But he rose from the grave and he lives today. He lives forever and ever and ever. He calls us to see him as he truly is. The holy God, the holy God, that's who he is. He calls us to see ourselves as we truly are, sinful and needing him desperately. He calls us to discover that he can cleanse from all sin and give life anew to those who will receive him. Mercy. And then he commissions us to look on the fields of this world that are white unto harvest and to go and be his witnesses. Where are you, where are you along this subpoena today? God subpoenaed everyone us. What do you mean subpoenaed us? When they come and hand you a subpoena, they say you've been served. You open it up. My word can't believe that dog next door has got, got a subpoena against me because I shooed him out of my yard the other day. So now i got to go to court because that dog is subpoenaing me to court. Let me tell you something. That sounds a little bit funny. It sounds a little bit off. But you know if we ain't careful it's going to come to a time because now they're fixing it where you can make dogs part of your family. That dog will be able to sue you because you threw something at it. You scared it. Or, and it, and it, it just Messed it up for a little while. I'm telling you, it's, America's going crazy. I love dogs, I love cats, I love animals, I love them all. I want to abuse none of them. We used to have 14 cats running around the neighborhood. I didn't like them. They got dead the house, they stayed at the bunch up there. I didn't like them. And all of a sudden, me and Judy get looking and say, Hey, what what's happened to all the cats? I ain't seen one in a long time. My next door neighbor across the street who had bought bags, <laughs> bags and bags of cat food had them a place in the backyard, had them toys, had them, I mean, had them a little kingdom. but now she fed them, the next door neighbor fed them, and all of a sudden, ain't but two, that's all. 12 out of 14 cats. Somebody in the neighborhood killed them. You know how they killed them? Killed them with antifreeze. That's what they're thinking. That's what it looks like. That's what it appears to be. Now, I got news for somebody that did that. I, I, you know, the best, what they could have done was just called the cats, called the folks, come get them, and they put them in, a, in, a, in, a, in the place, and maybe they could have docked them out or something. I don't know. But they didn't do that. They put antifreeze in their food, poison them. That's what I'm hearing. That's, that's what the guy said it looked like to him because he had a dog that had been fed antifreeze, and it killed him. Everybody stand to your feet. That's what the devil's doing to you and I. But he's not using antifreeze. That's not what he's using he's using whatever he can use to pull you down and pull you further away from God and he's doing it a little bit at a time so you don't even recognize, you don't even hardly recognize that that's what's going on in your life. But one of the saddest scriptures in, in the word of God to me is, one of the saddest scriptures in the word is, I can't quote it verbatim, was that when Samson didn't even realize that this presence the spirit of God had departed from him, he didn't even know it. So let me tell you something folks, don't get too lax, don't get, don't get too comfortable in the where you're living in. Because for you know it, he won't be there. Oh, preacher, you know, I'm telling you the facts. Listen to me. Okay, let me finish this up right quick. You see, you, I believe God has given us all the subpoena and it's up to us to answer and to come before him, be, uh, before him because today he's our savior. Tomorrow he may be our judge. Have you seen him? In the pages of his word, in the voice of the preacher, do you hear his call? Do you recognize that your sin and, and your guilt keep you from him? Have you accepted his salvation, purchased with his own blood? Are you hearing his call to go, to be his witness to others? Open your heart to him today. Don't be the one who is hardened and goes away empty. Respond to him with faith, with the faith he gives. Receive him today while he may be found. For by the way of the internet, you by the way of the internet that are listening to us today, listen to me, YouTube, Facebook, and all these other places. Listen while you can. Because I'm telling you now, it's going to be censored after a while. And they're going to do everything they can to shut it down. So anything you can get, you get. So you folks by the way of the internet today, that's tuning in, I pray you also will call on the Savior of your, Lord, uh, of your soul and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior of your life right now. To God be the glory. Let me tell you this. To Julie that's listening, I hope you're listening. If you don't get it today, you'll get it whenever. I want you to understand something. It don't matter what you have done. You've already given your heart to Jesus Christ. He saved your soul. You forget what you have done. Now start doing something for the Lord and watch what he does in your life. Because God has the power to cleanse you from everything. But if we listen to man, if we listen to man, we'll never make heaven our home because there's always going to be somebody that's going to cut you down, pull you down, and try to destroy you. But listen to the voice of God, follow God, and he'll take you all the way to the streets of glory. Can I get an amen? Let's worship the Lord. If you're here this morning you need prayer, the altar's wide open. Brother David.
3: God is good. All the time. Hallelujah. Put a song
2: of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. All the time. God is good. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good. All the time. I mean, I believe He's good today. God is good time he put us off. Thanks for
0: tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand, and you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Hornets Church, as well as check out other information that's going Going on here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider or you can go to our website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 10 30 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.